you know, God often calls people and has been from, from the church was born, calling people to serve him across the nations. And um, in Acts chapter 13, it tells us just two verses, three verses. It says, that the church at Antioch, which became the ultimate kind of sending church in the New Testament, there were prophets and teachers, and it names who they were. I'll not try to say all those bigger words. And then it says, and while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them. And this is what it says. And so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. There's this mysterious thing that we do. I'm not exactly sure all that happens when we lay hands on. All I know is it's very, 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 very biblical to lay hands and administer the blessing of God and prayer and release people with the favor and the blessing of God into the next phase of the assignment that God has called them to. And Wayne and Sue have, um, when you listen to the story, and some of you know it quite well, pretty miraculous, miraculously and supernaturally had serious confirmations of um, the call to go to Spain and serve the Lord there through WAC and also connected into who we are. I know it's been uh, difficult for them because they've enjoyed, um, praise God, just being close to everyone here and the new chapter of our journey here. But um, from a leadership point of view here, speaking on behalf of the leadership, we uh, trust them. We uh, feel like they have sought the Lord about this move. They have been thoughtful. They have um, weighed up and counted the cost of what it is to follow Jesus. And, um, and so we send them with confidence and with backing. We want to, uh, we, we are, just so you know, as a church, we're supporting them financially um, at, a, at a monthly level. But um, I just want to, because I know they, they won't do it, but I just want to say if you'd like to support them individually as well, please see them because they need that. The kids need to go to school and be supported that way. And um, and it's not going to be easy just getting things up and running there. So please, um, please do support them in prayer. And please do support them that way if you can as well. Um, it's been a great joy to get to know you both. And um, we know that we're going to try and be intentional on how we stay in touch. Some of you know that uh, uh, Johnny and Keith were out with the guys um, in Spain earlier on a few months ago. And, um, and so we've had a few members already out there. And we really want to try and get what God is doing there under our skin here back in Portadown so we can support them. We can support them best. Is there anything you, you want to say before I, we pray for you? You don't have to put you on the spot. Just, um, I guess just thank you for all your friendship and, and love as a family. And I guess I'll say it again. This is the best church we've ever been to, so it's really hard to leave. And, uh, yeah, just pray for us, especially for the, I say the big things, that we would have boldness to proclaim his name, to proclaim his kingdom come. And we're just trusting uh, we bring his kingdom with us. So, yeah, just we, we just want you to pray. We have boldness to proclaim his power. Amen. Spain, Spain desperately needs to hear the gospel and the good news of Jesus. And so please do support them. That. They've also, it's good to have Ben and Esther here from Gold Hill. have been friends for uh, many years. And, and they as a church, which Wayne and Sue were part of for a while, have chosen to support them as well. So it's great that um, the church um, around the world and places where they have friendships have chosen to stand with them and support them in this. And, and we want to we do that together. This is the this is the go of the gospel. This is the, the the this is the the kind of happy sad moments where we where we leave family, but we remember the words of Jesus to count it all joy to do this, and that those who are not willing to leave mother and father and brother and sister for the sake of the gospel are not worthy. Jesus said to be called my disciples, and this reminds us of the cost and of the utter joy because the reality is Jesus is worth it. He is the pearl of grip at price yeah it's worth selling everywhere for to still buy that field to have that pearl and so we pray for them this morning in the joy of the lord i'm going to ask uh, chris and, and debbie to come and pray as well if anybody else would like to come and just lay a hand if there's any family members you would like to and you might not be used to that but if you'd like to come and stand with them now please feel free and if you'd like to come and stand around them as we pray for them 
why don't we all stand together as a, as a church? But any kind of close friends and family, I just want to stand with them as we pray. Please, um, please feel free to do that. If you're, if you're standing out there and you want to, you feel comfortable, if you want to even stretch your hand out just as we pray, let's say. Just pray the blessing of the Lord over them. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this family. Lord, we thank you that you send out families to bring the good news that, that God, uh, our Father, is calling all the lost um, sons and daughters into family and into relationship. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for this family. We thank you that they are equipped because of, of what they have learned and what they have done and how they have served, but specifically because you've put your spirit yes. within them. And so we ask for a, a fresh impartation of your spirit, of your yes. power, of your presence, for, for the difficult um, goodbyes that lie ahead, Lord, for the pain. But, Lord, we thank, thank you that you have already gone before them to Spain. Lord, that you are moving, that you will continue to move. Lord, that you have prepared a way for them and will continue to prepare a way. So we ask your spirit and presence to rest upon them. Or we just ask for supernatural favor um, as they go and build relationships um, for practical things like the schools. Lord, for, um, for learning the language, God, we pray that you would equip them supernaturally. Yes. That you would empower them to come to terms with the language, to speak it fluently. Yes. Lord, to understand the culture, to, to understand the times. Lord, give them the wisdom of heaven for what lies ahead. Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, we bless them. We send them out in your name. Uh, and God, we, we thank you for them. Yes, Father, we lift up this uh, amazing and much-loved family to you today. Um, and Father, we pray especially for Willow and for Nina and for Jesse. And Father, we thank you for the awesome kids that they are. And Father, we've been so blessed in our kids' ministry to have them as part of it. And Father, your presence and your love and your heart just shines out of them. And Father, I pray that they would be like little beacons of light for you um, where you plant them. And Jesus, we pray that they would settle in supernaturally quickly as well, Father, into their new setting, into their new surroundings. And Lord, we lift up all of the practical things to you as well. And Father, we pray that they would all get into the same school to support and to be there for one another. Father, we just trust that you will go before them um, and that you will pave the way for this. And Father, I pray that, um, that this will be just a real time of blessing for them, Father. We pray for really good relationships, Lord, that they would be built up in you as well as shining for you, Father, that um, just this experience, it would be such a key part of you building them into the incredible people um, that they are. Thank you, Jesus. And God, we just uh, thank you for the legacy of mission in both of these families. God, I want to honor the prayers of parents. God, I want to honor the prayers of grandparents. And Lord, the legacy that they have uh, has been prayed and shaped and formed into them. We just honor that today. We thank you that we are part of a wonderful story, God. A story that goes back for generations and generations. And Lord, thank you that you keep putting into the lives of people the desire and the, and the, and, and the fervency and the the passion to keep on telling the story of God from one generation to the next. And God, we pray that those seeds that have been planted, that we see standing in front of us now as, uh, as two people who have become one and the family, Lord, that they have become that want to go and serve you. We pray that, that would give us faith, God, for the seeds that they would plant as they go to scatter seed, God, in Spain uh, in the days ahead. We pray that those seeds, God, would find good ground 
and that you would go with them in mighty and powerful ways. We pray the blessing of the Lord over each of the children of God. And we pray that, Lord, that you would give them back everything, Lord, that they have given up. We thank you that that's your, your promise of God. And, Lord, we pray that your strong name, Lord, even as we've sung upon, we speak that over them, the name of Jesus. Everything that's in Jesus would be theirs, O oh God, that they would be hidden with Christ and God in the days ahead. And so in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we bless them with the favor of God to go and to proclaim the gospel in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Let's give them a wee round of applause again, could we? Yeah. Please um, don't be in a hurry away. We'll be finished just before 12 o'clock today, and um, there'll be tea and coffee and stuff so that you can see them. We've also, just for our own church members, also blessed with and see with the gift as they go, and um, we want that to be... Um, to be really helpful for them. If the kids would now like to go out, um, I think the kids' leaders will be near near the back waiting for them. If you're a P1 to P7 year old, um, feel free to to go out now. I have a couple more announcements which I'll tell you about in a minute. But um, Chris is quite a special one to, to share this morning. So. Um, if you, if you just listen up to this, then I'll come and give you the rest of the announcements. All right, great. Um, so you might have seen at the back, uh, there are some tables, and there is a letter and a petition uh, on that. And the purpose of that is really, really important. So please take some time to read the letter. Um, this morning, there, there are multiple copies of it, and to think about signing the petition. So uh, as many of you will know... Um, Westminster have legislated for abortion reform to come into Northern Ireland if the Northern Ireland Assembly is not up and running by the 21st of October. Um, you know, as Christians, we, we care deeply for the unborn child, and we know that God speaks very clearly in His Word uh, on that matter. And so, we want to, to do something about it. Hopefully, many of you have already written to your MLA or to your MP, which is fantastic. There are also a number of events coming up um, in, in Belfast um, early, early next month, um, one of which um, somebody from our Emmanuel family is involved in organizing, which is um, Prayer for the Soul of the Nation, which is in St. Anne's Cathedral on the 2nd of September at 8 p.m. So that's a Monday night, I believe. Um, so put that day in your diary. Uh, but if you want to, to, to there's a, a couple of other sort of um, gatherings and marches and stuff that you can get involved in. Um, we'll put some stuff up on social media about those. I'd really encourage you to check out all the resources on Both Lives Matter. Um, as a church, we care deeply about this, but as I've said in the past, it's not enough for us just to say no. We need to actually uh, ask ourselves, what is the church doing to support um, people in pregnancy and, and to do more in that matter? We also need to have grace and compassion and mercy for, for those, for one reason or another, who have chosen uh, um, abortion in the past. The church should be a safe place for those people. It should be a place where they find hope uh, and healing um, through that experience as well. But what, So what we want to do specifically with this letter and with this petition is to directly um, engage with our MLAs from this area, um, to ask them to do what they can to get Stormont up and running again. So this is not us telling our MLAs what we think or even what the Bible thinks. Um, this petition is specifically to ask them to get our local government functioning again so that um, the everything that has been legislated by Westminster will not happen in that way, but that our local government will, will make decisions again, of which obviously abortion reform is one of the most important ones on that. We will then, however, be taking uh, the letter and the petition, uh, a small group of us from the uh, leadership team within Emmanuel will be going and, and meeting with our MLAs to talk to them face-to-face, -to, -face, to find out what they think and what they believe, to express uh, our views as Christians uh, and from the Bible. So there'll be a specific engagement piece around that, of which the petition um, is part of it. If you have any more questions about that uh, in any way, or you want to do more on this issue, you know, this is something that we cannot allow just to happen on our watch. This is one of these big things, societal changes that the church must speak. But what we have to learn is how can we speak with the love, compassion, 
and mercy of Jesus, but also how can we share the justice of Jesus as well as we, as we engage with this topic. So please take the time to sign a petition uh, this morning at the back, and if you have any questions, come and see me. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Three quick announcements, and as we do that, we're going to lift our offering. Um, the baskets will go round now. If you would uh, like to give, that would be great. If you haven't come prepared for that, please don't feel um, embarrassed about that in any way. The baskets can just uh, pass you by. But if you like to give, that's wonderful too. We think that God's going to change and rewrite a story in the city through generosity and overflowing hearts. And, uh, and so let's give uh, faithfully to the Lord. Um, the announcements that I want to do say are this Wednesday night, uh, our weekly corporate prayer, Wednesday night corporate prayer is on again. It's here in Portadown. So uh, we had a great night last Wednesday in Lurgan. Love you to come along this Wednesday night, 7.45. And, uh, and let's kind of pray in the new season. That'd be great. Um, next Sunday, um, weather permitting, uh, we're going to have a, another picnic. Um, if it rains, we'll just have it in here, which will be fun. But um, please come with your picnic things, whatever they're called, S sandwiches and all that stuff. Yeah, come with all, all of that packed, and let's have uh, let's have some fellowship together and some fun together as as families. And the third announcement is just please do remember Ignite coming up. It's our seven month. Kind of the school of destiny that we run, we run over in Lurgan, but there's a big proportion of people that um, from Portadown and other churches that do it now, and um, uh, the stories of transformation in that over the years have been really, really good. So the numbers are starting to pick up for that, and if you'd like to do Ignite, please um, come and speak to me after the service. Um, throughout the summer, we're doing short little interviews um, just to help people understand and get to know each other a little bit better, and um, hear what's going on in the life of the body. And so um, we're going to do that before Debbie speaks to us this morning. So Norman's going to come and interview Daniel, I think, this morning. So um, give Norman and Daniel a wee kind of round of applause as they come. Go. <laughs> Daniel, do you want to tell us a wee bit about yourself? So my name's Daniel, Daniel Gordon. Um, I'm 18. Uh, my family, my dad's always usually at the back there. Big baldy one who tells you to sit down. Um, Mum, Kathy, and then my sister Molly and my brother Joel. Um, I just finished two years of BTAC sports science, and next year I'm going to Stromalis for university. Nice and succinct. So tell us a bit about your church background and how you came to Emmanuel. So when I was really young, my parents weren't saved, but uh, we still went to Sunday school and BB and uh, just different like faith mission camps. Um, we went to Indian Methodist to Sunday school and went to church most of the time. Um, but then we, when I went to Port Balanchism, I got saved when I was seven. Um, and my sister was saved at a young age as well. But um, at this stage, my parents still weren't Christian, so it wasn't really talked about. Um, but then... Few years down the line, mum and dad both got saved, which was a massive blessing. And Joel came further along the line. Um, and then after this, we decided to move to Emmanuel and Lurgan, which is about five or six years ago now. And I think a family both, like we all agree that it was the best decision we made as a family. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And we all started to develop um, as Christians, um, as a family and all individually. Um, and then, yeah. When they heard about Port Down, we were like, yeah, we, we kind of need to go because we live in Port Down. And um, we, we weren't really sure if we would enjoy it as much because we, we really did love Lurgan. But uh, we came anyway, and it, it's been all right, I suppose. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, it has been really good. But um, yeah, we do really still enjoy going to Lurgan um, in the evening. And I would probably really encourage us all to, to go to Lurgan in the evening. We just get loads out of it as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how church. <laughs> and then, um, any particular burden or ministry that's on your heart? So that was a bit of a big question, wasn't it? Um, so I really, so I grew up going to. I went to Kilkenny, and then I went to Graham Senior High School. So when I went to Graham Senior High School, all my friends went to Portland College. All the Christian friends are, and I didn't have any Christian friends in my friend group. So I was, I was the only one, and. Um, I knew at that stage I really needed Jesus. Um, he needed to be a part of my life and needed to be a part of my conversation and my interactions with my friends. Um, so it's just kind of got a burden for 
non-Christians kind of around young young people and still my friends today. Like uh, they just they love partying and stuff, and it's just really a real burden to to pray for them and stuff like that. And um, I loved Friday mornings uh, over the last year. Um, I went into Kilkenny and held with Wilson and Rachel and Andrew um, to lead some small groups and. It was like a minister's class, but we weren't really like talk about Jesus, um, so we kind of fit it in as, as best we could. Um, but it was really good, and then um, I came to Connect Cafe, and just building relationships with, with people coming in off the street was really good. I really enjoyed that, so kind of just, I love talking, um, and uh, I, love, I, love build, <laughs> I, love, I love building relationships with people, and just, yeah. That's, uh, that's good. Well, then, leading on from that, then... Um, what about what has God been doing in your life recently? Then, um, so I go from somewhere. Um, I started going. I helped in a team, Port Balanchism. So that's where I got saved when I was seven. Um, so going back to lead there was really special, especially when I was taking the six, seven, eight rules. Um, so I had a wee like Bible body group, which was seven rules. So I was able to tell them about my journey and stuff, and it was really good. Um, but also the leaders there. Um, so we all stayed in, in a church hall and it was the first time that I was around Christians around my age for two weeks and just seeing like Jesus shine through them really encouraged me and, and showed me like how to, how to live out my life. Um, and then I went to Uganda for two weeks. I was kind of writing this on my phone and I, I said I went to Uganda and I kind of stopped because I didn't really know what else to say. I need to spend loads of time reflect on it but it was unbelievable and just some of the experiences I had out there. Um, I really, God really showed me like how to be content with what I've got. Um, as mum says all the time, I need to, I need to swallow my pride. Uh, some of the clothes that I buy and um, stuff like that. So yeah, just really being content on who I am and, and what I've got. Then um, finally, Daniel, just how can we best pray for you? So I'm going to university next year and I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm doing health, physical activity and sport at Stromalis. Um I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, so prayer for that will be good. Um, and yeah, it's the first year playing men's football. Um, so just the environment around that, I would like some prayer for that. So, okay. so we're just going to pray for Daniel now. So if you, could, if you feel comfortable doing so, please stretch out your, your arms. Okay. Yeah, so I just want to thank you for the vibrancy that Daniel has for you, Lord, that passion for you, and that is so obvious. And Lord, just that desire that um, in amongst his peers that he stands out, that he also has others drawn to him and around him, Lord, for support and also to support. He just seems to be very dynamic in his um, passion and relationship for you. So we just build people around him. Thank you for the family that you've placed them in and the, the unit that they are, Lord. We pray for protection for all of them. For, for the fact that they're all striving for you, not one direction, Lord. Just thank you. And we just ask that as Daniel finds out what this next course is <laughs> all about, that you help him each stage that to excel and do his best and be his best. But Lord, so that that serves you best. We just pray for all the, the doors and challenges that you have ahead of him to open and to, to look into and to go forth in, Lord. Just pray that he continues to keep his eyes on you and his focus firmly on the past that you put in front of him. Help him in all that he does, Lord. Pray for protection and guidance and for influence in his football team this season, Lord, and continuing on from that because that, that's a big step. We just pray for his um, performances and everything else, but also his character within that, Lord. That that's the strongest element of um, influence that he can show. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. ahead, Debbie. So over the summer months, we've been doing a series on We Are Worshippers, it's been called, and um, it's been great. Um, last few weeks, Bruna and Trevor have been sharing and done a brilliant job, and uh, Debbie's going to take us on, teach us another word of uh, the biblical words of, of, of worship, Hebrew words that are difficult to say, but uh, be beautiful concepts. So bless you, Debbie. You want me to pray for you? I love you to pray. Okay. <laughs> God, thank you for thank you for Debbie. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you've put in our heart. 
pray to give her, uh, Lord, just even right now, Lord, that you would anoint her afresh to deliver your word with grace and truth, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Al. Good morning, everyone. Morning. I'm actually going to be up here for no time at all because what I want to do this morning is I want to start off um, by giving you something that I want you to really carefully listen to. So, Johnny, are we all set? All right, want to go for it? Now, I have actually heard that so many times through the years, and it continues to completely blow my mind. I don't know if you've come across it before, but every time I listen to it, just something inside me wants to cry out, that's my king, and yes, I do know him. And you know, the whole thing, it actually lasts six and a half minutes. That's only half of it. Um, and I just love it whenever Dr. DSM Lockridge, you know, he comes, he's talking about all these facets of the character of Jesus, trying to, to paint a picture of who he is. And then he says, I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable, which is just brilliant. And it's so completely true because no words will ever capture um, how incredible our Jesus is. Now, as Francis Chan stated, um, let's see, I think I have this quote. Isn't it a comfort to worship a God we cannot exaggerate? Absolutely true. We can never exaggerate his greatness. And so when confronted with the exuberance of that praise and that worship, I just feel my heart kind of swelling with almost pride for my King. Praise and worship of who he is. And I'm so, so thankful for who he is, what he has done. Um, and I think that I feel so kind of full, the only word I can really think of, because it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? That picture that is built of Jesus, our King. And to be honest, sometimes it can take me a little bit of time in praise and worship to kind of warm up as such, to start singing and to really feel connected with the presence and with the spirit um, to the point where I really, really start to, to feel at the worship welling up within me. But that, that gets me every time. And I love the pride and the excitement and it kind of mounts, doesn't it, in Lockridge's voice and his tone as he's declaring, that is my king. And that's his repeated refrain. And he's our king as well. So I'm going to take a little tiny snippet of what was said there. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Just think about some of these statements that make up such a tiny part of the whole of who our king is. Jesus, the one who brings us peace in the midst of the turmoil and the challenges and the hardship of life. And boy, do we need that, don't we? The one who makes us right accepted, forgiven, washed as white as snow through giving up his life for us on the cross. Holy and perfect in all of his ways. The one who made it possible for us to experience something of the glory and the majesty and the beauty and magnificence of the presence of our Father. We owe him so much. In fact, we owe him everything. Um, and just as I was kind of praying while doing breakfast and getting the kids sorted this morning, that song came into my head. And I think actually the Holy Spirit kind of planted it there. You know that one that says, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And it's completely true. He absolutely deserves every ounce of our praise and our adoration and our worship because the love that he has lavished on us is just beautiful and it's just incredible that we should be called children of God. And to me, that just really brings that home. Richard J. Foster, he said this, 
Worship is our response to the overtures of love from the heart of the Father. So I want to pause here um, and I think it'd be really useful to ask ourselves a couple of questions. And please be clear, this isn't a judgment thing at all. Um, this is simply a little exercise that can hopefully propel you forward a little bit as you honestly kind of ask yourselves these questions and respond in your heart in terms of where you're at when it comes to worship and the journey that you're on. And we're all on a journey, every one of us. So when you listened to the rolling descriptions here of Our King by Lockridge, did that stir your heart? How did that make you feel about Jesus? Where are you at when it comes to the desire to give of yourself fully, allowing the Spirit to bring you into a place of real revelation? To what extent does your worship go beyond head knowledge to affect and stir and swell your heart an absolute adoration and submission to your king. And with the distractions and at times pain that we all experience doing life, do you sometimes find it a challenge to truly engage, to feel and perhaps really believe the words that you're singing? And as Bruna beautifully covered, um, a couple of weeks ago, it's really important to press in, in those really hard times, to choose regardless of our circumstances, to look at our King and to declare, you are good. You are still good. And I personally completely appreciate that's not easy sometimes. That's really tough because I have faced and face as many challenges as all of you do. But, you know, I actually think it's worship that has kept my head personally above water in the hardest times that I have gone through. Have you ever experienced a time or a moment of real revelation or a sense of God's presence and love and goodness, like a real kind of glimpse of him in his fullness that has moved you or touched you to kind of the point of really wanting to fully abandon yourself in that moment to him, regardless of what that looks like to anybody else who may be around you at that moment, where you're so consumed by him that everything else just fades into the background. You see, I believe there is so much more for every one of us to experience when it comes to praising and worshiping God. And I believe that he's actually saying today, my heart is to bring every one of you into a place of depth that you didn't even know was possible when it comes to worship. And Al referred to this earlier. I said to Chris, Al needs to stop talking because he's doing my sermon here. Um, you know, worship, when we think about worship, you know, take the football scenario that Al mentioned. You know, the fans are going mad and they're on their feet and they're going crazy whenever their team scores a goal. Or there's the music concert and you see people and their, their hands are outstretched and they're almost praising and adoring the singer or the band or whoever they are, are there to spend some time with and lift up. Does worship and praise of the one who breathed life into you and the one who then gave his life for you evoke comparable response in us on occasions? So with those two thoughts, or not two thoughts, with those thoughts, as a foundation today, um, I am going to be focusing on two Hebrew words in particular as part of our summer series. So we've been doing this for a number of weeks. So just a two-second recap. We have looked at the Hebrew term yada, which is about exploring freedom in worship. We have looked at toda, which is looking at how worship stirs and releases faith. And then last week, our very own Trevor, he did a super job speaking to us about, about Shabak, not Shabak. You see, Trevor, I listened very carefully to what you had to say last week. Um, and that was exploring worship as our primary form of warfare. 
But today, the first Hebrew word that I want to talk to you about is halal. And this halal is used 165 times in the Old Testament. So what is it? What does it refer to? Well, the definition is this. To praise, to celebrate, to glory, to sing, to be boastful, to rave, to be clamorously foolish about your adoration of God. This is about the expression of love by someone who is totally in love with Jesus and will actually go to extraordinary lengths to express that love. Now, we know that, that worship is a lifestyle that should permeate every aspect of our lives. But for the purposes of this morning, I want to focus in more on praise and worship in the context of singing. So halal, it's usually translated as praise. And it's part of a very familiar word to us all, which is hallelujah. So the word hallelujah is actually made up of halal, which is our praise, and yah, um, which comes from Yahweh. Do you remember the name, meaning I am, that Moses was given when he asked God who to say had sent him to the Egyptians? So maybe we could say that halal could be summed up as uninhibited worship. So where do we see an example of this halal in the Bible? Well, one scenario came to my mind immediately as I was putting this together. And it's that situation where we have David, the king of Israel, who didn't hold anything back in terms of worship one day. So I think I have, uh, there you go. So I'm not actually going to, I don't have time to read through the whole thing, but um, I'm going to talk briefly about this. So then we had Michael, um, who was Saul's daughter, who was married to David, who uh, was very unimpressed with this show of um, exuberant praise and exuberant worship whenever he was bringing the ark of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David. And at this point, he manifests such unashamed joy and delight at the presence of God. God is with David and his people, and both David and Israel in this moment become completely and utterly caught up in rejoicing and celebrating the presence in their midst. And how does this manifest itself? It manifests itself with gladness, with shouting, with trumpets, leaping, and dancing. So this is certainly not one of those quiet, contemplative moments, let's just say, of dignified worship. But rather, this strong, well-known man is so utterly consumed in this moment about the good things that God has done. That picture the scene, he is described as dancing with all of his might. And as if that's not enough, I have no idea why I did this. He's wearing a linen ephod, which has been described as a form-fitting garment. So it didn't necessarily properly cover what it maybe should have been covering. And this prompted Michael to accuse him of uncovering himself before the eyes of his servants. Now, culturally, the kind of the dress and the, the expression of praise, um, it would have been pretty outrageous, really, um, at that time. A pretty outrageous thing to do. And there's no doubt about it. David's excessive worship in this case, it does evoke criticism and scorn on the part of Michael. Not helped by his semi-clad state, to be fair. But he responds to her in a really interesting way. And this is what it is. He said, I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. And something very interesting to note here, actually, is that the same word that is translated praise is also translated fool in some passages. And this kind of reminded me, I, we have a vineyard background. This reminded me of John Wimber, who was the founder of the vineyard movement. And he is often quoted as saying, I'm a fool for Jesus. Whose fool are you? 
David's total, unashamed, unabandoned worship here, I think it's a bit of a challenge for us, isn't it? Because we can be pretty reserved. We can be quite self-conscious in terms of holding back um, from the freedom to really express ourselves and to pour out our heart and our passion for Jesus in those moments where the Spirit is doing something and connecting with us in a really, really special way. And I wonder sometimes, are we even a little bit like Michael in terms of judging others who maybe appear a little more free than we are? Another element that comes within the halal definition, it's boasting about. Boasting about the glory and the awesomeness and the wonder of God that we can't actually put into words as we talked about at the start. So this is our heavenly father, our rescuer. We owe him everything. And so actually, if you think about it, we should all find ourselves not being able to help but boast about who he is who he is in our lives, what he has done, how he is the one who gets us through every single day, the challenges that we face. He is the one who gives us hope when we need hope. He is our all. He is our everything. Think about a typical conversation with we boys. Now, I'm a teacher and I hear this sometimes and I just love it. It just amuses me so much. So you've got a couple of wee kids and they're boasting about their daddy and one starts off saying, yeah, well, my daddy's bigger than yours. And then the other one says, oh, yeah, well, my daddy's stronger than yours. And then you hear, well, my daddy can lift a car. And the retort is, well, my daddy can lift a double-decker bus. And you know what? Sometimes it can go on to such ridiculous, oh, it's just brilliant. It's really great. But, you know, we have a heavenly dad who, as Francis Chan said, we can never exaggerate. Never exaggerate how amazing he is. Another me. The Korahites, reflecting on how God had saved them and their descendants, they declared in Psalm 44, verse 8, In God we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever. And more than just boasting, do we want to share him? Do we want to share what we have, what we have found, the treasure that's beyond everything else that we have found with other people? Because our God actually is bigger and stronger than anybody else. So what is the source of halal worship? Well, I touched earlier on what I believe is the key to all of this. It's about heart surrendered in spirit and in truth. Because remember, God is spirit. We are his image bearers. And we are spirit beings. And this is the place that we worship from. It's surrendering the very essence of who we are and where we are at in that moment with all our stuff that we're working through and connecting with his spirit, hearts absolutely surrendered. That's what God is looking for. John 4, verses 23-24. Yet a time is coming, and has, has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And this has been said before in our worship series, but I don't think we can say it enough times. God is primarily looking for worshipers rather than worship. And this is what will transform us more into his likeness as well. You see, the spirit, the spirit brings revelation, brings us into the fullness of God's presence, the truth of who he is, and what he has done for us. And what we will find is that the fruit of this will then be poured out from the depths of our being. N.T. Wright said, the closer you get to the truth, the clearer becomes the beauty, and the more you will find worship welling up within you. 
It's worshipping in the Spirit that allows the Holy Spirit to ignite our spirit to worship Him. That is the door to God's presence. Romans 8 verse 6 reminds us that the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And it is he who testifies that we are children of God. And it's from this place of love and acceptance and complete security that we can worship with all of our being. We'll become caught up in his spirit, the spirit-breathed revelation of who God is, the Yahweh, I am, creator of heaven and earth. The redeemer of our souls, our source of hope and peace and transformation. He is our everything. In him we live and breathe and have our being. And in this place, no one will actually be able to quench our worship as it rises up within us. And this may well actually begin with times of quite quiet Worship, which are then met with glimpses of his glory that then catapult us to that place of halal. Now, I remember years ago going to uh, one of the, the Christmas pantomimes in the Grand Opera House. I think it was Aladdin. And this particular year, they had incorporated like these 3D effects. So we all got our 3D glasses. In we went. And somehow my little boy managed to lose his somewhere between the door and our seat. Um, so, of course, he begs he'd mine. And so I was left in this 3D show without my 3D glasses. Um, and... They were loving it. And I was thinking, yeah, this is really quite good. This is really quite effective. Um, and then at one point, Zachary threw me his glasses because he got really freaked out because this spider looked like it was just jumping right out of his face. And he thought, no, don't like this bit. So I took his glasses. I put them on. And oh, my goodness. Just the, the experience in that second changed so completely. The depth and the richness of it was entirely, entirely different. And in the same way, maybe we need to start thinking about worship as a bit more of a partnership with the Holy Spirit. So we partner with him and we clothe ourselves with him to then be able to more fully enter into everything that God has and intends worship to be. And God does delight in our praise, but I suspect that he also intends it to be a massive blessing for us personally, because as we enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise, we draw close to the reality of who he is and what he's done for us um, by his grace through Jesus. John Ortberg said, I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of the wonder and the gratitude. And I just plod through life with blinkers on. And Trevor spoke last week and um, he said, I, I, need, I need to come to church on a Sunday and I need to worship with my church family. And I actually think he's spot on. I think we all do. Every one of us need that because it plays such a key role in our spiritual walk. And of course, God's word plays a massive part um, in all of this because God's word is the fountain of truth. It is God-breathed. And when I was a kid, I had this thing written on the front of my Bible, um, which was, the Bible is the only book whose author is always present when it's being read. Revelation of his glory and his truth and an increased intimacy can come as we read from his word as part of our worship because it fills us with love and thankfulness for our God. And there's another term I'm going to look at very quickly, um, but it's very much caught up with halal. And it is the term tequila. Now, I'm so convinced I'm going to say tequila instead at some point. So... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So this is a Hebrew word referring to songs of praise. 
It occurs 57 times in the Old Testament. What is it about? It is about singing a new song, a hymn of spontaneous praise, glorifying God. It's praise that God inhibits. Psalm 40 verse 3 says, He has put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And this particular verse, it's a reference to the songs of the new covenant, praising God for the wiping out and the forgiveness of sins unknown in the ultimate sense in the Old Testament. Colossians 3 verse 16 tells us that when the word dwells in us fully, we'll sing songs of praise. While Ephesians 5 verse 19 informs us that we are filled, when we are filled with the Spirit, we'll sing songs of praise. This has nothing to do with talent. It's about our hearts overflowing with praise to the point where we just can't help but sing out. Just the same way that we read how all the earth sings out in praise to its creator. Now, Psalm 66, verse 4 speaks about this. And um, I recently came across this kind of very random news story, but I'm very into sunflowers. I currently have sunflowers at the back of our house. And um, it kind of just really captured me. So this woman, she basically put like these little kind of sound sense, sense, I don't know what you call them anyway. What she did was she in some form, was able to hear and record the sound that the sunflowers emitted. And do you know what? You need to look it up on YouTube. If you just put in lady sunflower sounds, you'd be fine. Um, but honestly, you need to listen to it because it is one of the coolest things I honestly have ever heard. And the only way I can describe it, it's like a really cool worship song. It is honestly, it's amazing. So could we say that uh, even sunflowers can't help but to heal it? That is, sing a new song to their, in worship of their creator. Now, I was thinking about this particular term, and it brought back to mind a time when myself and Chris were at a Christian conference in England. And I have to say, we experienced something in that place that I have never experience since, but I would so love to experience again. So picture the scene. Um, there were a couple of thousand Christians who were all gathered together in this vast conference center. And um, there was an amazing worship band and just the noise and the, oh, it was just amazing, just beautiful to be part of, just the worship of Jesus um, as we just focused on him and worshiped together. But then at one point, a noise started to fill the auditorium. And it was kind of, it was a sound outside of ourselves. And it began to kind of mount. And it's incredibly, incredibly hard to put into words. But I think the closest way I can describe it is, it was like the sound of thousands of angels singing the most pitch-perfect and beautiful harmonies in worship to their king in the throne. And as that mounted, everybody started to kind of hear it. So they, they kind of held back in their worship. Just It was just a stunning moment of revelation and awe and wonder. And it was so beautiful. You could have sat in that forever because there was such a presence and such a holiness in that moment. It, honestly, I just wish you all could have been there. And I do wish that we experienced that again at some point. And so the spirit of the, or the presence of, of the spirit, it was really, really heavy. And it started to kind of die away a little bit. And there was almost, not silence, but it was very quiet. And then in the midst of the, the spirit, these songs just started to, to rise up and come out of people, the thousands of people everywhere. And they were singing a new song. The worship band had nothing to do with it. They were, a song rose up within their hearts. 
And the amazing thing is, when I think about that, people were so lost in adoration and worship that they were completely oblivious to the people around them. They, didn't, they weren't worried about what anybody thought or if they were in tune. It did not matter at all. There was no room for self-consciousness. There was just praise and worship in the most pure and the most beautiful, beautiful form. It's a moment that I will definitely never forget. Oh, my time. I will be really quick. So what about us in the context of uh, Emmanuel poured it down? What can we take from this and apply to your own lives? Well, first of all, I do not believe that halal should make up the majority of our experience. Because I think that there's a time and there's a place for more quiet, contemplative ref reflection. And uh, Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. But I do believe that as we go deeper and worship together as a church family, I do believe that God's heart is to release us into times where he will bring real revelation. And I'm not talking about hype. I'm talking about times when as a body we will tangibly feel and experience and be overwhelmed by the thick, beautiful, stunning presence of the Holy Spirit. A fresh revelation of the grace of God and uh, an absolute thankfulness at the debt that's been played for our, uh, paid for our sins. And we may find in the midst of these occasions, a, a release of fresh joy, a new song coming from our hearts, a loud shout of praise. There's our shamak that Trevor spoke about last, last time as we taste and see that the Lord is good. Lynn and ephods, we'll avoid those, I think. So whatever this looks like, we want you to know as a lead team that you're free. You are free to pour out your praise and your worship in those moments. Whether it looks like clapping, dancing instruments, um, shouting out praise, you go for it. Now, we're all on a journey when it comes to this. But I just had a sense that some of us are maybe um, on a little bit more of a journey when it comes to actually feeling the presence of God as you worship. And that God is saying, I want to take you deeper. I want, I want to meet with you in this, and I want to, to uh, do something really special with you in terms of this. And we would love to um, prayerfully support you in that. So talk to him about going deeper. Invite the Holy Spirit into a place where you can really worship in spirit and in truth. And I know we're talking about church, but you see at home, practice at home. And maybe a really good starting place for you is get your Bible out and praise him. Find different passages which are praise-based as your starting point. And invite the Holy Spirit to fall upon you so that you can enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Fire on some worship CDs and enjoy meeting with your heavenly dad. Now, Psalm 150 is a really good starting point if you're not quite sure where to start. And what I actually want to do is we're going to finish today by standing together and reading this in praise to our God. And so just before we do, this psalm, um, it marks the last summit of the mountain chain of psalms. So the poet prophet here, he is so full of inspiration and enthusiasm that he has no time for arguing or for teaching or explaining because he is so caught up in uh, absolute worship. And all he can say with burning words are praise him, praise him, praise him. So if you wouldn't mind standing, I would love us. Oh, there are my sunflowers. There we go. And let's really offer this up to God in light of whatever he has been speaking to you personally about. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. 
Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Yes, Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, Father, that you're beyond words. That there's nothing more that you could have done for us in sending Jesus. And Father, we just really offer you where we're at as individuals, everyone in this room, Father, in our journey when it comes to worship with you. Father, our heart is that you take us deeper, deeper into your presence so that we can be fully abandoned um, in praise and worship of you. Just protect what you've been doing in this room today and just continue that, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Debbie. Let's honor the Word of God. Can we just thank Debbie for sharing? Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, just, we're finished now, but just to say, if you'd like us to pray for you, um, if somebody just had a real sense this morning, um, one of our leaders, that maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, or you'd like to know Jesus more, and even talking about worship, just kind of whet your appetite. You know, the Bible says it's not a theory that we believe. It's a person that we come to know. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not like study and look at it like a nice meal. It's actually, you get to eat it. You get to taste it. And if today your appetite has been wet and you want more of that, we'd love to pray for you and love to point you further to Jesus. And if you're here, like prayer for anything, we'd love to do that for you. These are biblical words, biblical themes. These are not just so you realize that when we sing a new song or we wave a flag or somebody shouts the name of Jesus, it's not a, bun it's not a bunch of charismatics just looking there, we fix, okay? This, this is actually the word of God. 57 times it says the word Tehillah, sing a new song. So if you're driving down the car and the worship's on or your worship's not on or you find yourself walking down the hall and all of a sudden you're singing a little song and it's not in tune, don't worry, just go with it because that's the new song that arises out of your heart. You can't really hold it back. You shouldn't be able to hold it back. We do this because it's in the Bible, and we want to be free and liberated to do that. And when people say, well, why would you do that? I kind of, why would you go to a concert and raise your hands? Why, why, you, know, you, you do it because it's, it's the knowledge of the one who loved you and saved you, as, De as Debbie has brought out so, so beautifully this morning. So that's, um, let's be people free in worship. And um, be blessed today. I'd love you to stay around for tea and coffee. There's some goodies there as well that you can avail of. Um, please, um, uh, many of our church members, please go and see Wayne and Sue. Make sure you give them a good hug and bless them. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night and, uh, and next Sunday. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you.